Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. All right, everybody, I've got a great show for you this week. I've got a couple of guests, and I attended a workers' rally. Uh, One of my guests this week is Jen Hampton from AFBU, and they had a rally downtown, which I went to, and I recorded a few little sound bites, and those sound bites will be interspersed throughout this week's show. So I hope you enjoy that little bit of something extra there. And uh, my other interview is with my good friend, Aisha Johnson-Adams, and we'll get to those right away, and then I'll check in with you at the end of the show. All right, everybody, I'm here in the middle of downtown with Jennifer Hampton from Asheville Food and Beverage United. What's going on, Jennifer? Oh, we're just having a rally to show our community support for the Green Sage workers who unionized. And then what happened? And then Randy Talley decided that he would not respect their decision to unionize and is fighting it and trying to union bust. So we're out here to support them, saying, no, you're not going to union bust these folks. Fantastic. And so this is AFBU in action. Yes, we are in action, showing support, rallying all of our network of community support and getting folks out here to carry signs and lead chants and make our voices heard and make their voices heard. So, Jen, you're doing everything. You're behind the scenes working with the county to make things happen. You're uh, showing up at TDA meetings, uh, pleading the case, and you're here on the streets leading chants and stuff. Well, you know, I see things that need to be done, so I might as well do it. (laughs) You're a doer. I am. My grandma always said, if you think of doing something good and you don't do it, that's just wrong. So I like your grandma. She sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Just got a nice honk from the Pepsi truck. (laughs) Pepsi truck. All right, Jen, we'll let you get back to the protest, and we'll talk to you in the studio soon. Right on. Thank you so much for coming, Stu. Sure thing. Enjoy your hoodie. I will. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, and I am here in Food Fan Headquarters with a very special guest. I have Miss Aisha Johnson-Adams, and she is an award-winning educator, a digital creator, and the owner of Equity Over Everything, which is a production and broadcasting media company. And in addition to all of that, she is my friend. Hey, Aisha, how you doing? Hey, I'm so excited I get to talk to you in the middle of the day for work. I know it for work. She did a little air quotes. So on 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 the clock while you're talking to me, I like that. Um, well, speaking of work, we don't have a ton of time together, and you and I need to catch up. It has been at least a year since we yeah. have seen each other in person, and you have gone on a specific journey since then that I want to talk about. But before we get to that, let's talk about equity over everything. Why don't you tell the folks all about it? Yeah, so Equity Over Everything is a um, business that I run with my husband where we basically specialize in diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings, 
video, digital media, social media, um, programs, curriculums, and we do audits, um, trainings, courses, and classes. Our biggest partner is the Lenore Ryan Equity and Diversity Institute, and we are currently in enrollment right now. So if you're interested in doing something really cool for Black History Month, check us out. Okay. And where would they do that? Just get the business out of the way. Yeah. LR.edu. Okay. LR.edu. That's pretty easy to remember. LR.edu forward slash LR.edu forward slash L-R-E-D-I. Okay. That's not as easy as I thought. LR.edu slash L-R-E-D-I. Yeah, like lr.edu forward slash lready. Okay. Oh, that is easy. Okay. Right on. So that was tough. That's the toughest URL asking somebody to say their URL I've ever done. But we got it done, Aisha, you and me together. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about what you might be doing right now with equity overall. And in specific, we're in the middle of Black History Month. And if you got anything going on in that arena why don't we just talk about it right yeah. now so nothing food related so okay. maybe we should do something food related i don't know next um, year always next but year i am excited that the mlk association is doing the john lewis awards and they're awarding community members for the work that they've done so i've been working busy working on the press releases and flyers for that and getting ready for Juneteenth, because that's right around the corner. So mm-hmm. just doing the work um, in community, um, supporting the leaders um, uh, in our community who are doing good work and just trying to be, you know, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said it all, Aisha. Ever since I've known you, you've been trying to be helpful. And I can say that personally, you've helped me very, very much. And mm-hmm. I know that you help a lot of people. So that's fantastic. And you told me um, that you have taught in public school in every grade except one you said there was maybe second grade you've never taught or something like that it's two third grade okay and kindergarten you have to have special stuff for that yeah (laughs) you do (laughs) special stuff um (laughs) so you mentioned juneteenth and it is right around the corner if you want to plan for it you know sometimes it just Oh my God, the holidays are here. Like, <laughs> um, but I I always look up like, what's the proper food to eat on Juneteenth? And it seems like red foods are like considered the foods to eat on Juneteenth from what I've read. You know, back in the day, I would really be excited about some red velvet cake um, for Juneteenth, for sure. Okay. Um, and like, I think it's more, more, I don't know if it's red foods like in color, but like barbecue, party, bringing it together, okay. like that kind of food, you know? Okay. So yeah. you got good grill, family, card game, soul music. Okay. You said it <laughs> all right there. And you also said back in the day, you would have enjoyed yeah. some uh, red velvet cake. So let's Use that as a jumping point. I was following you on Facebook and we laughed about telling each other we follow each other on Facebook because that's like where we live. (laughs) Um, But uh, I follow you on Facebook and I followed your vegan curious journey. Now, I know Mm -hmm. you had some reasons that you wanted to drop some weight and you just attacked it and you were public about it and it was great. Can we talk about your vegan curious journey? Yes. 
So I married a vegan and not like a new school vegan. Like he didn't become vegan. He's 50. So he's been vegan 50 years. Like he came here vegan. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Right. So I have to tell people that because I can't, I have to say like, no, we don't go to Burger King and get like a veggie or a vegan burger. or We can't, you know, we really Mm -hmm. have to watch what we eat because he's on a special diet and has been his entire life. Um, So he, uh, when I met him and we started hanging out, he would come to my house and I had Dorian at the time. He was a kid and I would like be leaving Dorian's snacks and stuff. So he'd look at the snacks and the next day he sent me an email with like the ingredients in it and tell me how oh. harmful they were. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, Very subtle. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I think in the midst of our relationship and wanting to be healthy and wanting to eat right, I found this video on YouTube um about going vegan and I watched it and I was like that's it I'm gonna go vegan and I was so headstrong about it and I did it for about five years and at first the weight just fell off and I was like really thin and I looked really great and I felt really good and then I started to know that my fitness wouldn't progress so like even though I would walk 10,000 steps a day it was hard every day Mm -hmm. and which was weird Because you do it about a week, then you're like, okay, I'm ready to walk 10,500 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then, like, I started gaining weight. I went to acupuncturist. I went to the doctor. Nobody could tell me why. And I actually ballooned up to, like, 250 pounds. Uh, Actually, 264 pounds. Right. And, uh, you know, I was hiking every day, even though Mm -hmm. I was gaining the weight. And um, I went to this doctor in Atlanta that specialized in fat and I got diagnosed with like a fat disorder. Okay. And so uh, this was after being sick, like with blood clots and all that kind of stuff. So I, um, I just did what the doctor told me to do. And I've been like on this food journey. So now um, I'm no longer vegan. I'm not vegetarian. Like I actually eat meat every day. Okay. Um, and I do it in the house with this vegan who has been vegan okay. for 50 years. So <laughs> it's been an interesting journey, but it's been a great journey. And I'm so glad to have him in my life because he keeps me plant-based. He keeps me plant-centered. He makes sure I eat my Brussels sprouts and my green leafy greens because he's always going to be like a good example for me. And he happens to make the best collard greens in town. All right. Well, that is important. (laughs) If you're a vegan and you like to cook, you should be able to make some good collard greens. And so you're, you're lucky to have a collard green master in the house. And you're also lucky to have a vegan in your life that has just based on your story and knowing you, he doesn't apply the thumb screws to you to like, you should be vegan too and yeah. get all angry about it. Uh, Rafe is one of the, Raph is one of the most easygoing people I've ever met as a matter yeah. of fact. And so that's really nice that you guys can have this awesome loving relationship and food, personal food politics don't get in the way of that. Well, it's interesting because I think we're such a great mix in that because I'm struggling with lymphedema, which means I have a certain diet and he's vegan and he has a certain diet. 
we're both conscious of the need to feed ourselves individually and what that means. Mm -hmm. That means it's okay to go to two different restaurants. Sometimes when we want to eat out, I'll go to Ruth Chris and sit at the bar and he'll go to wherever he wants to go, which is probably Mama Cita's or Rosetta's and okay. sit at the bar, right? Yeah. And then he'll come pick me up and it's like, we went to dinner, but we went separately and we may text the whole time. Um, but it's like, or when we, we went pot shopping the other day. Uh-huh. And it's like, we go in there and we buy, we like, we're buying our set of pots. And then I'm like, okay, he has his pots. Now I need my pots, right? Because we don't, you typically share the same pots. Interesting. Okay. So you kind of keep it vegan on one side. And yeah, well, that's wonderful. Now, Dawn and I have a similar thing. And we also have a long and loving relationship. And we don't pressure each other to eat a certain way. She eats the same thing every night. (laughs) A salad. A big giant salad. (laughs) I eat like fried chicken and half a burger, whatever's in my fridge left over from the last (laughs) time I went to a restaurant. And we don't feel this pressure to eat the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. we we do eat at the same time at the dinner table at home most of the time. Uh, And when we go out to eat. Oh, you should meet at the same restaurant. That is your story is the most unique take on that I've ever heard where you're like, I'm going to Ruth's Chris. And he's like, I'm going to Rosetta's. And you're like, I'll text you while I eat. <laughs> that's that's unique. But yeah. But I we mean, also work together. Okay. So oh, that, that makes a big difference. You do need your, you work together, you live together. Going out to eat at two separate restaurants, that sounds like a magic potion of sorts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love it. (laughs) Well, let's take a little break and then we'll come back and I've got uh, a little something, a little surprise for you. All right. Sounds good. All right, and we're back, folks. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan, and I am here with my friend Aisha Johnson-Adams, a digital creator, owner of Equity Over Everything, a production company, uh, and just a really awesome person, award-winning person. You've won a lot of awards, (laughs) Aisha. Why don't you name a couple of the awards you've won recently? Um, Woo. Sorry. Put you right (laughs) on the spot there, didn't I? I know you get education awards. You got a big one recently. I saw um, all the pictures. So fastest growing business, um, top 25 from UAB uh, last year. Um, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Award, which is very special to me. Um, the Zedic Impact Award. Um, the Chamber Woman Up Award. Yeah. Okay. I knew there was. Trophy right. Say that one again. Yeah, my husband calls me his trophy wife. Trophy wife. Do you have a shelf with all your trophies? And <laughs> do you do. make sure to walk your guests past the shelf on the way to the dinner table? And I try to keep all my things private. I'm a very private person, you know, I, except I, for social media. That's right. That's funny because we're kind of the same. I'm also a very private person, although I'm a very public figure. Um so, yeah, sorry, I put you on the spot, but you've won a half dozen or even a dozen awards and 
a lot in just the short time that I've known you. But anyway, I've got this second half of the show all planned out for you, Aisha. One thing you do on Facebook a lot is you ask a lot of questions. <laughs> you're one, yeah, you're one of these people that every day it's like a question and then a gajillion <laughs> answers. And I'm always like, yeah, you know, my answer is going to get lost in the sea of answers. But I do answer and then you respond. Because your answer is never lost. I see you. Yeah, you see everybody. So, but you ask a lot of questions and I'm just going to ask them right back at you. I just (laughs) have a list of questions to ask right back at you. And uh, let's just say, let's just go with this one. What is the best part of your job? I get to work with my husband. It's like a guilty pleasure, right? Like to work with your favorite person He's so thoughtful, so caring, so kind. And there was a time in our marriage where we didn't get to work together and he would leave and he would be gone for like 10 hours, 11 hours driving back and forth. So it's great that we get to see each other um, and that we get to work together and that we get to spend time together and to build this thing together. I think that's the best part for me um, on a personal level. You're a bit, that's a very sweet answer. I like that answer. Also, you know, we're we're going to be celebrating our nine year anniversary in the next couple of days. So I'm also just very reflective of that right now. So next week, it'll probably be about the people or something else. But this week, it's about him. And which two restaurants are you going to for your anniversary? (laughs) (laughs) We'll probably eat together. We do eat together. Okay. We do do that. But my favorite is when it's like, I'm going here, I'm going there. And we're like reading this article or texting each other or actually Uh, not even talking, just missing each other. Ah, yeah. (laughs) When you work and live together, it's nice to miss each other every once in a while. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's move on to the next one. This one's pretty straightforward. Cornbread or roll with dinner? So I have lost like 70 pounds until I am not eating breads. But if I have a choice, it's definitely going to be cornbread. Definitely going to be cornbread. Okay. Even if it's a nice buttery roll, all soft and warm inside, you're still like, do you you remember those um, Quincy yeast rolls from back in the day? I don't remember them by name. Those were the best. I, if it was from Quincy's from 1990 to 96, okay. I should choose the roll. But after that, definitely cornbread. Okay. The most <laughs> perfect roll or corn or, and then most of the time cornbread. Yeah. Okay. We got that. And uh, let's see. Here's another either or ranch or blue cheese. Always ranch. Always ranch. Now, when you ask these questions, are you uh, are you judging the people when they answer? I'm just going to cut to it. Uh, somebody <laughs> says blue cheese. Are you like block, unfollow? No, of course not. I pride myself on diversity. And I'm hoping that you find another blue cheese lover in the comments and that you connect and bond over the beauty of blue cheese. <laughs> If the listeners could have seen Aisha's face when she said blue cheese, (laughs) it did not have, it looked like she had, I don't know, sock. Um, All right. All right. And here's another one for you. You asked some of the most basic food questions. What's your favorite flavor of chips? Dill pickle or vinegar and salt. Okay. That's 
That's a great answer. Now, do you have a, we were allowed to say brand names. Do you have a brand name that you like? Yeah. So I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Everybody knows it's all about Lay's chips. Like Lay's. I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. So, and, uh, and if you rank them, you can get the hot chips. That's my number three. So okay. you go dill pickle, vinegar and salt, hot chips. Okay. Can't dill pickle wrong. number one, vinegar and salt number two. Now, I love a dill pickle potato chip. I love vinegar and salt potato chips. And I also grew up with Lay's potato chips up in Massachusetts. So, yeah, they're my, they're like the crispiest. And in some ways. I mean, ways, not Lay's, Golden Flake. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I was like, Golden oh, Flake. I didn't realize that was regional. Um, <laughs> Golden Flake. Golden Flake. All right. I got to try those. I've never heard. You of have them. to look them up. Golden Flake. You're Maybe right. I can Not order them online. All right, I'm writing that one down. Golden Flake. That's a great name for one thing. All right. So we're getting at some real information here about what you like. We, so far, we're down, we've got potato chips, cornbread. This is a very in-depth interview. Um, <laughs> all right. At breakfast time, is it going to be rice or grits? Grits. Grits. Now, I thought that was a weird question. How many people do you remember said rice? Well, I'm from the South. Most okay. of my friends are from the South. So okay. Southern grits. So most people probably said grits. Right. But I spent time in D.C. So I know a few new like New Yorkers. So they probably said rice, maybe. Hmm. The only time I've ever had rice for breakfast was with kanji, which is like a Korean rice dish with an egg on top it's quite good mm. um and so yeah i was surprised by that question and i thought to myself well does she eat rice for breakfast but no your grits grits I, but all right but you can have like salmon and rice like the croquettes oh okay and rice for breakfast which is like one of my mom's signature things okay and of course like uh you could get like a new orleans style breakfast with rice red rice and beans or red beans and rice or dirty rice. Uh, you could also have uh, boudin balls, which contain rice. So yeah, maybe I'll change my answer. No, I'm not. My answer, <laughs> my answer is grits, and my answer for dinner is roll. I love a good roll. I was advocating hard. You heard me. <laughs> and uh, and I, you know what? I grew up up north. I'm sorry, world, but I uh, I grew up with blue cheese, and I love it. But a few years ago, I hit a tipping point. I've been here in the south for 17 years. <laughs> And I hit a tipping point. And now when people are like, ranch or blue cheese, I'm like, I'll take the ranch, man. <laughs> they make the ranch from scratch in certain places around the South, but not the blue cheese. No. And when they try to make blue cheese from scratch, it's usually a fail. Um, <laughs> but the ranch is always great everywhere. All right. A couple more. Just a couple more. Uh, bringing your lunch or buying your lunch? I'm always buying my lunch. Because I like to eat like a lot of fresh foods. And I just did a rant about this on my last video, but I don't like my fruit to be like divine. Like if you're going to eat a grape, if you pack it the night before, like, is it even still a grape? Like it's all off the vine for 24 hours. If you cut a cucumber and like you put it, like it's not cucumbering two, three hours later. So for the most part, I'm going to buy it because I really want it to be super fresh. I like fresh food. All right. I love that answer, man. <laughs> Once you cut a cucumber and put it aside for a couple of hours, it's no longer a cucumber. 
It's just not cucumber ring. It might still be a cucumber, but it's not. It's not doing the work. Okay, stop doing the work. And we all know how much you appreciate and respect people who do hard work. Yes. And when that cucumber's <laughs> not working anymore, who needs it. it? Yeah. Hey, that's a great answer. I feel kind of the same. I don't buy a lot of groceries. And part of that is because you can't buy uh, a small amount of groceries most of the time. And a lot of times I really just want like a golf ball sized portion of something. (laughs) (laughs) You can only get that at a restaurant. And I feel like I waste a lot of food when I buy groceries. Whereas I feel like the restaurants where there is food waste, it's not as great as me being like, well, I only ate three grapes, for example, and the rest all went bad in my fridge. So I agree with you on that. And that is part of Back in the day, that's part of what we used to love to talk about, right? And we we kind of really solidified our friendship during the very part, first part of the COVID period. Mm-hmm. So you and I never got to go out to eat together. We sure didn't. But you know what I did get to do with you before COVID? The pizza fight. Yes. Did you enjoy that? I did. I met um, David Bristol. Yeah. Spaceman Jones. Yeah, Spaceman Jones. And that's like, I've been friends with him ever since, right? Like I see him around town or I might see him on Facebook and I'd never met him before. And then I also met another really good friend, Laura Hackett. Oh, and I love and Laura. I, we've got a chance to work together at certain organizations. So um, yeah, like definitely made some good friends at the pizza fight. So that's really cool. When I was preparing for the show today, I scrolled through your Facebook page and I entered some keywords like food and eating and stuff. Um, and I came across the pizza fight pictures and there you were with Dave, like standing <laughs> together, smiling. <laughs> and there you were with Laura standing together and smiling. And you were all judges on my panel. And um, uh, one of the things I tried to do with my judges panels was to diversify them a little bit. I had been sitting on judges panels And when I was looking around the table, I was mostly seeing white dudes looking back at me around my same age, around my same demographic, uh, like economic demographic and stuff. And so I was like, huh, these things need some diversity. (laughs) And so I was doing a pizza fight and I was like, I've got, I think I had 12 people on the judges panel and I, I diversified the heck out of it. It was, it was great. Amazing. It was a good time. You know, when, when you cultivate like true diversity, equity, and inclusion, and you have belonging, then people can be set up to meet friends that they, you know, know for a lifetime because they feel comfortable coming in and being themselves and Mm -hmm. showing up authentically so they can build those bonds. So it's really something to think about when, when creating those spaces. And plus with food, food is so important to us all, Mm -hmm. but it's also like this, um, this way of communicating without words and this way of like has a way of bringing people together. So whether it's a holiday, we center it around food, whether it's pain or, you know, progress, it's like celebration, all, you know, all things come with food. So I agree. And it's a great, it's so great when there are strangers around food, you know, I do food tours. So I see strangers together around food all the Mm -hmm. time. And if there's nothing to talk about, you can talk about the food, right? Like food is just imminently talk aboutable. Like you can talk <laughs> about it forever. And so it's a great way to build 
friendships at the very beginning because you can find commonality or differences and both are really fun to talk about around food. Um, and Laura and I have eaten together a couple, uh, several times because we love food and we found our love for food around the judges table. So That's great. You know, I always say like, uh, I'm, I'm a very selfish person. And I always say that for me, diversity is just more fun. <laughs> and uh, and I love to hear that you and Laura formed a friendship around the judges table at the pizza place and that that's ongoing because, you know, I'm not going to change the world with a judges panel at, at a pizza contest, but I am going to uh, hopefully build some networking and some friendships and stuff. So mission accomplished to help a many of Friday nights, right? Like a many of Friday nights, you saved a many of Friday nights because you know, who doesn't want good pizza. That's right. Friday night. Right. That's right. Um, I saw you. I like drew is my favorite pizza maker in the whole world. Drew Peterson from Asheville pizza yes. South. <laughs> yes. Oh, his pizzas are phenomenal. They're like heart. Yes. Yes, he's a he's a chef. Like he's a chef making pizzas, and um, he himself is largely well. He's not vegan or vegetarian, but he doesn't eat any meat. He eats like fish, and he said mm-hmm. he told me he eats a lot of sushi. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, <laughs> but he does a wonderful job with various meats, and I don't know. I bring up his own dietary. Uh, concerns because he does a great job with those two like a vegetarian yeah he's working on a bowl so I'm keeping my fingers crossed on the pizza bowl and um but you know because my husband's vegan he makes a amazing vegan pizza okay yeah vegan stuff has come a long way when I was vegetarian I used to try to buy vegan things and they were terrible in the 90s (laughs) like vegan cheese in 1996 was like chewing on a piece of plastic uh, or rubber. Can you imagine? Raph did not eat cheese on his pizzas growing up. I'm like, what was on it? How did you eat it? Just, just the dough and then some <laughs> sauce, and I don't know. You could do, you could do a good job. I don't know. I could never be vegan because <laughs> of the cheese. That was the thing. I was like, I'll be veg, but I can't do the no cheese. But we have um, Dare. Do you know Dare? I do. Vegan? I do. Her cheese is really good. It really it's is. impressive. Yeah. It's like I said, vegan stuff has come a long way. And I recently got this whole package from Biolife with just a ton of different vegan cheeses in it. And How uh, was it? I, You know what? I didn't eat it. I, you should have called me. You know I would have came and got that brand. My I next would've... door neighbor is a vegan. Um, so <laughs> I was out in my yard and you I are. would... I would have, I did. I just gave it to him. Uh, I would have eaten it, but Dawn's out of town right now and I can't tackle this whole, it was a ton of food <laughs> and I couldn't tackle the cooking and the eating of this thing. I feel that. I feel that. So I am going to post the question. Are you a re-gifter on Facebook today? Because I need to know who are the re-gifters. Oh, I, I 100% will re-gift something, you know, like <laughs> if it's something that I don't want and is in good shape. <laughs> they they were pumped to get all of this vegan cheese, man. I mean, yeah. I just think that's a that's a good logical next question, right? It is. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, I'll look for that question on Facebook, Aisha. And um, is there anything you want to say before we go, including do you want to rattle off any URLs for yourself or anything like that? 
Well, if you want to follow my fitness and wellness journey, you can follow me at nappythoughts.com, which is my personal blog. And if you're interested in talking diversity, equity, and inclusion, you can follow us over at equityovereverything.org. Um, but mostly just want to say it's so good to see you. Same Z's. Oh my God. When are we going out to lunch? I'm going to put, I'm going to put Rona on it. Do you, do you know where you want to go? Uh, it's just someplace I can walk to so that it's easy for both of us, okay. you know? Um, cool. So anywhere on the South Slope, I haven't been to um, Little Changos this year, if you want to eat there. I haven't been to the South Slope cheese place though. Okay, we can I go there. I passing by there, and it looks like they have stuff. They don't have, they have like, you can buy a little bit of cheese and stuff oh. and just to eat it there, but they don't have sandwiches. Actually, they do have sandwiches. I don't know. Let's talk off camera about this. <laughs> the audience is like, make your lunch plans another time, yo. Okay. Um, Bye, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Aisha. Have a wonderful day. Hey, everybody. I am here in Food Fan Studios, Food Fan Headquarters, and I have one of my favorite recurring guests. I have Jen Hampton from Asheville Food and Beverage United, known colloquially as AFBU. And Jen, we love to have you. How are you? I'm doing pretty great, Stu. I hope you are. It's been been very busy in the AFBU world. It has, and I am doing good. It's been a a nice couple of days weather-wise in Asheville, and I'm enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely nice and warm. Yeah. I do love me some cold gray weather, but even I need a drop of sunshine every once in a while. Um, So, Jen, you have so much going on, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know so much more about it than I do that I'm just going to kind of kick back, light a cigar, (laughs) And uh, let you tell us what's going on with AFBU. Yeah, sure. So uh, you may have heard, in fact, you were there at the rally on Valentine's Day for the Green Sage Workers Union. Uh, They unionized back in January, and we've been helping them along the whole process. They reached out to us in December, said they had already organized a committee at work and wanted to know how to go about creating a union for themselves. So we walked them through the process. We hooked them up with the Teamsters and helped them make it happen. And they submitted their desire. They got eight out of the 10 employees who work there to sign their union cards, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. That's great. Um, So as soon as they submitted that to the owner, Randy Talley, uh, the next day he sent them an email saying that he would not recognize their union and that he wanted them to vote and he didn't he used the classic line of we don't want a third party coming between us and Uh, yeah and that's just you know that's a a misrepresentation of what a union is a union is not a third party a union is the workers it's it's nothing else but the workers so it it, by definition can't be a third party exactly exactly and that is such an old gaslighting technique from i don't know the 1940s or whatever you know like we we have such an awesome relationship owner worker love family let's have a pizza party um that yeah but of course what you said unions are are the workers and so they are not a third party 
not a third party at all. It's just the workers coming together and saying, we are a group and we collectively want these things yep. to continue working here and providing you our labor. Okay. And they're not asking for much, really. No. Well, I'm sure they're not. They're um, not. So then what happened? So then the workers, um, well, they also put the general manager, Liz, who had been very supportive and helped them, you know, make this happen. And she also signed the letter when they decided to unionize. Anyways, he first put her on administrative leave and said that he needed to find out if she had been involved in any other union drives before coming there. Oh, which my word. None of his business. Right. And then they promptly fired her. So oh she's God. been fired for that. And because of that and because of the um, union busting gaslighting going on by the owner, they decided to have a rally downtown to show community support for the union. And these workers are the workers at the Green Sage South location. Okay. And we had it downtown because there are also some workers there who are interested in doing the same. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make sure that they knew that Asheville supports them. And we got their back. Yeah. And yeah, I was so there. It was a nice little rally, people honking their horns. I, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't there for very long because I had something to do. But uh, I was That's very, okay. uh, yeah, and it was a nice turnout, mm -hmm. man. And it was, it was very cool to see all of the truck drivers delivering food and beverages yeah. all over town, driving past, honking their horns. So that was like a little show of solidarity with Food and Beverage Union. Um, it was pretty great. There was lots of honking going on. We think about 30 people or so showed up throughout the whole event. That's nice. And mm -hmm. um, so why, uh, specifically, why is Randy afraid of unions? But why are owners afraid of unions? Why is that? I think it's because owners have all of the power. Um, they decide, you know, what the working conditions are, how much people are going to get paid. And they've also been, you know, brainwashed. We've all been brainwashed, especially down here in the South. We've been educated for decades to think that unions are bad, that it's going to cost employers so much money, they're going to have to go out of business. But the truth is they spend so much money on, you know, union busting consultants that they could just, you know, use that money in a productive way to give the workers what they need to continue to make the business profit. Um, I think they're just, it, it's a power dynamic. I think they're just mostly afraid of losing complete control over everything. They don't want the workers to have any power. Yeah. And that sounds like a, an apt assessment of a situation. And um, I, I agree, like power and money are the two driving forces behind almost everything, especially here in America. And um and it's just uh, it. One thing that's tough for me to wrap around my brain around is why would any union of workers strive to put the business that employs them out of business? Right, like workers yeah. want the business to thrive mm -hmm. so that they can get raises. Like yeah. they're motivated by power and money mm -hmm. as well, power over their own lives. Yes. Not not over the lives of the owner, you know, although it does kind of <laughs> translate that way sometimes, uh, like definitely when there's power sharing, there's power sharing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but a good union helps a business to make more money. 
That's a really great point. And I was just thinking as you were talking that we're not going to try to just educate workers on what their rights are and why forming a union for themselves is advantageous for them. But we're also working on a program to teach this to business owners to, you know, make it less scary because it's scary to think you might lose some power or control mm -hmm. over your business, but it's not scary. The workers who are deciding to unionize like their jobs and they want to stay. They'd rather organize and stay to make it better than quit, you know? Uh -huh. So it's in everybody's best interest to do what's right for the company. And if you really think about it, the workers really know better you know, about the day-to-day -day operations of how things work in any given business than the owners do. They, you know, the owners know the back end, the, the big number picture of it all, but workers know the little things that we need to make it better for all of us, not, you know, to keep people coming back, to keep us comfortable and refreshed so that we're able to take care of our customers. Absolutely. And, and you said it right at the end, the workers are the face of your business to the customers. Exactly. And so you can tell when you walk in a place when everybody who works there is unhappy, like oh, yeah. you feel that, man. Yes. And, and um, so we, I feel like we've really gotten at the root of something there. There's a power and money dynamic struggle going on in the microcosm of green sage South right now. And in the macroverse of workers, uh, trying to get by in a difficult capitalist environment. Like, hey, mm -hmm. man, I'm a capitalist. I live in the real world, right? So you got to be a capitalist to live in the real world. But it ain't working so great for a lot of us. And we just want to make capitalism work better for everybody. So Exactly. Um, all right. We want capitalist society, you know? We, we want to have a say-so in it, too. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to something a little more fun. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Mardi Gras. What's going on? Mardi Gras. I'm so excited about this one. So I just got on a whim last month and decided, hey, we should have an AFBU crew in the Mardi Gras parade. And so we do. Okay. Uh, we have, have a big banner that I just sewed yesterday and I'm going to work on painting our logo onto it today. And we've got a bunch of yellow and black to match our logo. Mm -hmm. um, various things. We bought a bunch of stuff at Goodwill and washed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and people can show up at the parade. It's on Sunday, uh, March. I mean, Sunday, February 19th. Okay. Show up by 1 o'clock and we step off at 3 o'clock. We'll have plenty of things for you to wear. We've got black and gold beads and just all kinds of fun stuff. We also went cool. to... Um, party city and got some things so yeah we really All need right. people to show up and walk with us we were i think I, I was telling you about this before we started recording but we were supposed to be walking with a big group of other folks um from some other leftist orgs in town and the parade planners decided they needed it more spread out and we're kind of by ourselves now and we don't want to look like we're a sad little pathetic crew. So we <laughs> so, really need some folks to show up and walk with us. We'll even give you one of our T-shirts to wear. That's great. So, uh, yeah, food and beverage people, workers, uh, current, former, past, and present, show up to march in the Mardi Gras parade. It's going to be a good mm -hmm. time downtown on Mardi Gras uh, on parade day. And yeah. um, 
And definitely the eaters. I think that you probably wouldn't mind if some eaters showed up wearing black and yellow and marched with you guys to show their solidarity. We wouldn't mind if anybody who supports us wants to march in solidarity with us. You are welcome, no matter where you work or have ever worked or whatever. Just That's show right. up and, and support us and we'll love you. And and the owners, man, the owners yeah. put on some black and yellow and march with the workers. Why? Why of not? Course. Yes. Why not? We're all we do Ill- have a couple of owners that have said they might join us. So, oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're all in the same boat together, whether you're an owner or a worker or tangential, you know, like a farmer. Uh, you know, the food and beverage scene's got to hang together, it's gonna yes. fall apart, right? That's exactly right. All right. So, so, this Sunday, show up downtown, one o'clock, you said. One o'clock on the South Slope. We're going to be lining up on, I think, South Side and Biltmore. Okay. Oh, that's easy. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then a couple more things that we mentioned in the pre-show. Uh, you got a maker's market. It's mm-hmm. uh, coming right up. Yes, it is. We just sent off the confirmation and emails to the vendors who applied today. We got 33 vendor applications. So there's a lot of folks out there making some really cool stuff. All of the vendors are F&B workers. Nice. That was the only stipulation we had. We've got leather workers, woodcutters, stained glass. We've got a mushroom vendor, back porch baking, Rowan Coffee's doing a pop-up. And we've got music and um, a balloon animal maker and face painting and a magic show. It's just going to be so much fun. And we're doing it on Monday, March 20th. The genesis of this project was, or this event, was that I was personally um, disappointed because I could never get into the big craft shows because they're always on a busy weekend when I need to work. And that's the same case with most of us. You know, like we can't take off a weekend to do a craft show. Um, Mm -hmm. So we just decided, let's just make our own dang craft show and uh, we'll have it on a Monday when we can be there. So it's Monday, March 20th from 1 to 7 p.m. at Ben's Tuna, which is at 195 Hilliard Avenue. Okay, cool. Um, And absolutely, I used to try to do my pizza fight events and things like that on Mondays and other weekdays and do them in the middle of the day so that the food workers who were perhaps at work could show up during lunch and yep. I just tried to make it accessible to workers. And of course the rest of the world complained, why isn't it on Saturday? <laughs> well, there's actually, there's a million things going on this Saturday to draw your attention away from me. So I'm doing it on a Monday and hoping the food workers show up. Um and the last thing you mentioned, my last little note just says link tree. I don't even remember why I wrote that down. Because we have various trainings that we are collaborating on or, you know, helping to promote and participate in. Okay. And I just want everybody to know about our link tree, because if you just type in L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash A-V-L-F-B-U, it'll bring up our links to all of the things that we have going on. The, the TDA house affordable housing petition, the trainings, like we're going to have a learning how to salt webinar we're participating in um, labor one oh one, And then we're also doing a UNCA labor week event. We're going to be the main event, so to speak on cool. Wednesday, March 22nd. So just also stay tuned to our um, Instagram and our link tree to find all the links for those things. Cause we Excellent. have a lot of people asking, how do I do this? What is it legal to form a union? You know, where do I even start? So we're going to have a bunch of trainings and teach you the things you want to know. 
Sweet. That's awesome. That's why you guys are, you're a can-do organization. You're a very motivated person. Mm -hmm. And uh, you are getting a lot of things done, whether it's getting a better parking situation for the workers downtown, working on better housing situation for the workers, which should trickle as with the parking will trickle down to everybody that's that's some true true trickle down <laughs> i guess it, can things trickle up i don't know but uh i think when the workers i i don't want to reiterate too much but when the workers have parking that's provided for them that opens up a ton of parking for everybody else and when the workers have housing that's affordable that opens up housing for other people yes it does and you said parking and that reminded me that i forgot to mention that um, there are still a few slots available for the $40 monthly parking at Cox Avenue. The link for that is also in our link tree. And big news is the co the county has decided they're gonna open it up for the College Street Deck as well, um, but they want people to fill out their survey regarding that to gauge interest in it. So okay. that'd be cool to have it on both sides of downtown, you know? Absolutely, so fill out that survey, get online, check out link. Linktree, which is linktree.e. Uh, I have a Linktree account too, and it's uh, kind of funny how they spell it. But I, I, I think, I think Linktree is a little underutilized, but it's awesome. Yeah. You can use, you can list a lot of links right there, and it's mm -hmm. very, it's one page. One there page. it is. And so, yeah, check, check these guys out there. And and Jen, you know how it goes. Before I let you go, I gotta ask you if you've got any food recommendations for us this week. Sure do. I want to shout out Blue Dream Curry. They right are awesome people. They have recently had to go to dine out, I mean, take out only for um, financial reasons. They've had to let their staff go. Um, they're hoping, I've been talking to the owner and we're working on um, a strategy to help them out. I can't really give you any more details, but we're working on that. So shout out to Blue Dream Curry. I absolutely love the Pan Am. And I had never really had curry until I started going to Blue Dream. And I'm in love with it. I've tried all of the ones that don't have dairy in it. And the panang is definitely my favorite. And I get it with tofu and mm -hmm. extra veggies. Yum. I love the panang mm -hmm. curry. It is, they serve it to food tours a lot. I go into Blue Dream with food tours. And uh, they serve it to tours. And there's a lot of people in this world that have never had curry before. Yeah. And they take one bite of this Penang and they're like, this is way different than I expected. It's not too spicy, but it's very flavorful. And at Blue Dream, you can order any of their curry dishes with tofu uh, and make it vegan. And they are very accommodating in that regard. Um, mo so I don't know if you can make anything vegan because they do use some dairy, but they yeah. use a lot of coconut milk in their other, mm -hmm. and some other dishes. And so they have vegan ones. They have uh, plenty of vegan options there. Plenty. Yeah. And they're super nice and we want them to survive and people should get on the Citizen Times uh, website and read an interview with James Sutherland, the owner on there. He's, mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's an amazing human being. He really is. He really mm -hmm. is. All right, Jen. Well, thanks for bringing up Blue Dream, bringing up that Penang Curry. Now, as always, you're making me hungry. And uh, <laughs> thanks for everything you do. You're uh, an asset to this town. 
Oh, thanks, Stu. So are you. I, oh. I can say we feel the same about Stu Helm, for sure. Uh, thank you. And I bought one of your sweatcoats. I forgot to wear it for the interview. But from now <laughs> on, when you come on my show, we're both going to be wearing AFPU uh, paraphernalia. Got to rep the colors, man. Got to do it. All right. Well, have a great day. Take care. Thank and you. I'll talk to you Take real care. soon. Bye-bye. Send your love letters to Randy. <laughs> Send your best wishes. I guess the workers of Green Sage are unionizing. Yeah. We are going to spread the power of workplace democracy across the city of Asheville. This is just the beginning. It's time for service workers in this city to finally get their just desserts what they deserve. Yeah. Which is the right to control their fate and their conditions. Hawk your horns for unions! Alrighty, and that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening, and thank you to my guests for being on, and thanks in particular to WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice in the mountains here in Asheville, Western North Carolina, Food City, USA. Please follow me on social media, Stu Helm Food Fan on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Substack, and I don't know what else. Oh, these days my podcast has been platformed, so I'm available on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher and on Pandora. So look for me there. Look for the show there. And thanks again for listening. If you eat something good, find me on social media and let me know about it. This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.